All right. <laughs> I love I open up Road Trip and IMDb and the video still is Breckenmeyer like. <laughs> uh, yeah, hamming it up a little bit. Like, oh no, what have I done this time? <laughs> Sent off a sex tape to my. Uh, Who among us, Mike? Who among us? Austin, Texas. Uh, poor redhead. What, what is with this? Breckenmeyer's. He's very unlikable, Dave. Incredibly <laughs> unlikable. You want to bet? Great, I'm going to bet money on something you can't prove. You videotaped it! No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. Give me that. Give me that. EL, give me that. No way, this is amazing. Wait, I was kidding. I was kidding. Just give it back for me, okay? Give me the tape. Huh? Come on, Josh. We're all going to see it sooner or later. Huh? Huh? He's got a point. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh! No, give it to me. EL, no. Josh, please. We need this. Okay, listen, seriously, you can never tell anyone you saw this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Barry, hit the lights. It's boner time. Hey, Tiff. Uh, it's me coming to you live from Ithaca, New York. Um, I thought I asked you to mail this yesterday. I miss you. Yeah, you did. It was on your desk. I mailed it this morning. Barry, fast forward to the horny stuff. Is this the kind of shit you've been sending Tiffany? second tell me you mailed the Beth tape to Tiffany yes shit oh no oh no did you make a copy because if you made a copy we could watch you accused me at the end of last week's episode which no one no one watched or listened to because of your film selection uh and start off the that episode talking about, wow, this is a rough set. These are horrible people. Why would anyone watch this? Anyway, here's our 30-minute conversation on it, so follow along, please. Uh, I chose a different group of awful people, which are white guys in college who, yeah. you know, in a, a comedy of errors and the, the classics or Shakespearean sense, we have little, little, let me emphasize little Breckenmeyer here, <laughs> who... Uh, you know, graced by the gods, Amy Smart for some reason uh, really is infatuated with him, and uh, they hook up. She offers to film it for him. Um, God bless that woman. So, I mean, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> the he dream. Made a phone call. Yeah, breaking up with his girlfriend that right day. then and there. Um, <laughs> the film bends over backwards to establish that he wouldn't cheat on his girlfriend because they have a lifelong relationship since they were kids they've grown up together which already sounds kind of Gross. creepy to me mm-hmm. um but uh, she's not returning his call she's not sleeping in her her dorm the roommate uh, makes that abundantly clear i, I felt very much uh for that roommate that brecken is constantly <laughs> accosting her invading nine her times space. a day sending videos yeah. like jesus 
so with the encouragement of Stifler, whose character name is obviously not Stifler, but that's who he is, uh, Sean William Scott, uh, continuing that typecasting role that mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever totally broke out of that. I think he attempted to in the, uh, was it the rundown with the rock? Yeah, he tried, but when you have this and like, wasn't he also in dude, where's my car? Like, it's like, you know, yep. he really, I mean, he had kind of the, I guess the quote unquote bad luck of being in like two or three, like hugely financially successful movies. And now he's just, you know, he's definitely forever. Like there are worse things. Yeah. yeah he's got, you know, good looking guys got the late nineties, early two thousands, like sort of, frosted tip yep. spiked hair look yep. you know can't get away from that uh with the encouragement of him why wouldn't you take his advice with those frosted tips <laughs> um breckenmeyer does have sex with uh amy smart she twists his arm films it and his roommate accidentally sends the sex tape to his girlfriend in texas they are in uh rhode island and they're on rhode island right i think that was the is that we're getting to fairly? Uh, I think it's. No? I think it's got to be New York, right? Because it's Ithaca University. Is oh, it? well, it's fake university. Yeah, but right? Ithaca's in um, New York, isn't it? Okay, I think well, so. I'll, I'll drop definitely the, East Coast. The fairly Brothers attack then, um, <laughs> where everything is set in Rhode Island, and she calls Dave, and she's had a death in the family, which is why she's not been staying uh, at her college dorm. It's why she's not been on the phone. Why she can't be reached. And this is where the movie was made for me. It wasn't just that he has sex with Amy Smart, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't just uh, the nudity, uh, which I also appreciated (laughs) because a college sex comedy, if you do not have nudity, one way or the other, play fair. What are we doing here if not? I mean, doesn't have to be Breck and Meyer. Sean William Scott for the ladies at the time. They should have had a gratuitous ass shot, which I think we get a sex act, at least, involving his ass. But I don't know if you get to, to see much of it. Uh, the movie was made for me. Even I was in high school when this came out. When the girlfriend calls back and says, "My grandfather's passed," you know that's the reason I've been unavailable. Uh, I love you. Uh, you know I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, Brecken Myers making the as you said on I'm to be the the oh shit face. Uh, but they cut to Sean William Scott who can't suppress his giggle. <laughs> that would be at me. The situation. <laughs> Because it is. It's funny. And that was it. I mean, the honest cruelty from a guy that is not, you know, it's not set out like your film selections where it's like, hey, look at the uh, cruelest roommates we've ever had. I don't think that the character of E.L. Stifler here is set aside as like, oh, what an ass. But it felt very genuine to me that there's no response there to this extremely uncomfortable, awkward situation, except to laugh at the misfortune of your friends. Just laughed at the right. absurdity <laughs> of all these events combined. And so of course that's what start that's what starts the uh, sort of title of the film, the road trip, which is uh, while she's away, they are going to go to Texas and uh, attempt to get the sex tape back and shenanigans ensue. Yeah, so so that moment, I'm glad you brought up that moment in particular, uh the unsuppressed giggle from EL because um in our last episode for those that listened to it, I brought up this idea of like male friendships and masculinity and kind of attacking our friends in the way that we do. And this this is what I was talking about. This felt very real. Like this I love the fact that he does that and he's constantly like berating him like to the point where he's, you know, at penis level talking to talking as his as his dick trying to convince him to have sex with Amy Smart. 
But when all of this, when all of it goes down, he still goes with them. And there's no moment of like, well, mm-hmm. we're actually really good friends and I want to be there for you. He's just like, ah, all right, road trip. Let's do this. Why not? What am I going to do? Stay here and learn. It's a great, it's a great, you know, Stifler-esque line. And when I was watching this movie, I was so mad at myself because I was like, you know, Mike loves this movie. Can't wait to hate it. Can't wait to just come mm-hmm. on this show and just be like, you idiot, you simpleton. But you know what? <laughs> Like, I laughed more during this than I have in a long time in a comedy. I thought this was really funny. And the first thing that I put online after this was like, well, it's good to know that at one time Todd Phillips could make a good movie. Because uh, this is, I mean, yeah, are there moments that are severely dated? Sure. Especially anything with Tom Green, because they were really trying to jump on that Tom Green bandwagon, who was like weirdly popular for some reason at this time. And it's like... And it's also clear how much of that was shoved into the film because they let him be the the narrator right you know the 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 book ends as he's given this college tour and he's like let me tell you this wild and crazy time that my friends had here but he's also involved but he's not involved on the road trip proper so it just feels like um all right cut to tom green doing something silly right like there's been a lull so cut back to that and i actually wonder if you know todd phillips the auteur now uh, it was like, you know, was he wringing his hands? Like, don't ruin my road trip comedy with all this Tom Green <laughs> buffoonery, which is saying something uh, because, you know, all of it's buffoonery. Like we, I, I mentioned earlier, Sean William Scott has an adventure where a uh, nurse at a sperm bank um, gets to introduce him to the, the pleasures of <laughs> his anal glands um, being. Uh... So, I mean, you know, we're not talking about high art here, but it does stick out upon rewatch what maybe felt natural at the time that Tom Green is, I mean, on the poster on Wikipedia, he's the main figure right now probably feels a little weird. Uh, like I wonder what newer generations coming to this are like, why do we keep coming back to that fucking guy that's left behind? It's, like it's called road looking a mouse. This is very strange. I don't understand mm-hmm. this, but I will say like, yeah, is it high art? Absolutely not. But I do find it surprising that when you have a, you have a side plot here of Sean William Scott uh, finding out the joys um, of the male orgasm through his ass. Um, there's no, there's no reference that he like might be gay, which I really appreciated. It's like kind no. of, kind when of. When he's introduced to it, he says immediately, "That was awesome." Right. I was shocked by that because when that when that bit first started happening, Mike I was like, "Oh, here's where I fucking turn on it." Here it goes. Here's the gay yeah. panic. Here it comes, and it was like. No, and he gets into it, and there's like a, you know, an ending to the movie, a little epilogue where he's just like, yeah, let's keep going. Three fingers, four, let's go. <laughs> let's get it done. And I was like, it's just like, I mean, it's weird to say in a scene like that, in a movie like this, but like remarkably progressive for the time and for the type of movie it is. I was shocked. Probably more progressive than uh, uh, Todd Phillips' most recent movie. Uh, so. Yes. Um, one element that I don't know... I don't know if it's age. It's strange. It's not aged as well, maybe for the context of what they're going for, but it's strangely kind of fallen into, uh, you know, the continuing tradition here of road trip being this like super sex positive <laughs> college <laughs> comedy, uh, is that you have the character played by DJ Qualls, Kyle, the dork, um, who provides them a car, he provides them the financial backing. Like they rope him into this. Uh, they, they use him, uh, but, to the rest of the, you know, what you're saying, the way that Sean William Scott plays it, the way the film's written, they actually don't, you know, once they have what they want from him, 
just bully him into submission. Like they actually like they seem to take joy in him getting to experience this adventure with them. I mean, you have one yeah. brief moment where Sean William Scott says, uh, you know, uh, you could just give us the car that would make you a risk taker too. But once that is, they move beyond that. The one element that I don't know if it's aged well, but I don't think it's aged into being offensive is him losing his virginity uh, with this, um, especially considering he looks like he weighs about 90 pounds. <laughs> yes. He's real thin, uh, very gangly, very goofy looking, nerdy white kid um, is that he has sex with a larger black woman. And I distinctly remember watching this in theaters as a high school student. I, I'm pretty sure the reaction was supposed to be, uh, oh, my God, he's having sex with a fat chick. Right. That was, I think that that was the intent. What's funny now? I don't think it plays that way. It doesn't play that way it at all. It doesn't play that way at all. And so I don't think that they deserve credit because I think no. their intention <laughs> was somewhat mean spirited. Um, but you watch it now and you're just like, go for you, dude, go for it. Yeah. Like, you know, it just seems, it just seems like, you know, she is not, uh, I mean, she's far more attractive than he is. He's, he's still winning in this, right. in this regard. It is just, the disconnect between his outward appearance and hers that makes them certainly an odd couple. It, but yeah, I think they, that kind of fell into their laps as far as how we've, right. We now view people of different uh, body types. And I think interestingly, the, the moment where it becomes mean spirited, where I won't give the movie credit for what, how we view it now is actually before the sex scene. It's like, there's a little moment with them like sitting on the bench of the swing or whatever. And they make it a point to show the like weight differential you know, it's a little shallow how. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but like the sex scene itself, I was like, because I was, as it started to happen, I was like, oh no, this is going to be. I love that I'm presenting films that almost at every other scene, you're like, oh God, here it comes. <laughs> I mean, it really does that lie. Like, okay, where am I? I kept watching this movie thinking like, where am I going to turn on it? Because it does feel like that kind of movie, especially with how much older it is now. Because, like, I mean, you watch any movie from more than 10 years ago, and it's going to be like, oh, boy. Okay, well, this is not how we do things now. This is not how we view people. It's not how we show people. But I was shocked that the, you know, the sex scene itself was not was not really played up for laughs. They, I think they expected the laugh just based on size differential and they were just going to leave it there. So that's, it's played up as a victory. <laughs> I mean, it's, you see it from he the pointer, Mike, the Kyle perspective <laughs> where this is something like, you know, going back to, to Stifler, uh, and the, the two fingers, this is played up as something that is an awesome revelation right. for him. Like this is, this is great. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some gags when he he, st- he steals her underwear. I actually like that, you know, when there, there's the line that uh, Sean William Scott has where it's like, you know, did you kill a cheetah? And then he, he sniffs her panties and all these other college guys recoil in horror, which uh, I can only, you know, surmise that I, I host a show called Sober Cinema with an, uh, a guy that I've known since I was like 12. And Hyro uh, is a big fan of that, of Marcus Blade. And when he comes on the show... He very much is that guy that he enjoys <laughs> from the a comedy, distance. The gags, but <laughs> but when it's put in his face, he recoils like too much, too much. And even that is amusing to me because that's not befitting the Stifler persona to be disgusted right. by this. Like he should be embracing it. And even he's like, all right, too too far. The dork has crossed the line, and we we can't accept this anymore. Uh, it's interesting because. Um, 
so <laughs> here's here's a I've got a couple of reviews pulled up, a couple of splats here. <laughs> so uh, the Dallas Morning News says road trip is broadly amusing with a few bright spots, but those can't cover up the major gaps in storytelling, characterization, and laughs. Are there major gaps in the characterization of the people presented here? So here's the thing. Like, like those are a bunch of words. Right, right. Those are words that is... are in film criticism. Yes, well done, whoever you are, Mr. Splat. Um, but... I'm not going to name him. Since we're about to be mean, he'll just now be known as Mr. Splat right. from the Dallas Morning News. I just like, you know, we've talked a lot about this in previous episodes about movies that get across what they're what they're going for, right? Do I need to see, like, a massive character arc that brings me to tears and Breck and fucking Meyer? No. That's not necessary. All I need this movie to do is to entertain me and to make me laugh. And I, you know, I recoil at the word choice of, like, gaps in in laughs here. I think this movie is, like, if you take up the Tom Green stuff, I mean, you could even keep the Tom Green stuff where he's, like, talking to the tour, but all the stuff with the snake and all that, you know, like, whatever, who cares? You take that out, like, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of lulls here for me. As far as laughs, I think there's laughs to be had all the way through. I think the the character I struggle most with is our lead, which I think happens a lot. I think they're trying they're trying to like find a really difficult balance here, where you have to have. I mean, the guy has to be kind of nerdy because he's you know he stayed with the same girl since he was four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have to have that like, oh, I love her so much and I'm so connected to her and I would never cheat on her until I have like, you know, Amy Smart's ass in my face. I'm like, okay, I get it. For sure. But then you have... I tried. (laughs) I tried, Jesus. I really tried. (laughs) But then you have a character who you have to be convinced that Amy Smart wants. And, like, she goes after him. Like, it's not just a, like, oh, she's kind of attracted to him and he flirts back. Like, she is on the hunt for Breckenmeyer. And I don't know that that works for me. Um, And it's it's not just the short thing, although I did notice that. I am short. But I was, like, Mm -hmm. watching this going, like... Really? Mm-hmm. Like Amy Swartz well, going for that guy? Come on. If you're if you're not going to establish the why, um, you know, no offense to Brecken Meyer, but all offense, it, it just has take to take it, Brecken. <laughs> it, it just has to be someone who is you know so attractive right. that even with no uh, prior uh, relationship development in place, that you understand that it's like okay, college girl, yeah, she's got to eat too, right? Yeah, go right. for it, like you. You're, but there's nobody here. You know, Sean Williams, Sean William Scott might be able to play that role. If but he would even stop he talking, really fit maybe. The mold. Like, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think if they, if they, it's not purely physical. If they would set up a why, like he had done something nice for her, or they had some sort of connection. But they, you know, it's a comedy, so they rush past all that. So you have to go. You'd have to go with someone, you know, not to make every episode of the show hot or not, but you got you to have somebody yep. Yep. super hot in the Breck and Meyer part, but that can also play the kind of dorky in love with his, you know, grammar school crush, which the more the more ways I put this, the creepier it's sounding. <laughs> like... It honestly plays like it was written for um, of its time, like Freddie Prince Jr., who usually mm. played boring, um, attractive leads. Sure. Surrounded by... You know, the either misogynist characters and like she's all that or, you know, uh, characters that had some degree of personality. Right. But I I could see it at the time, not saying that (laughs) it's strange to me that it's like Freddie Prinze would never lower himself (laughs) from she's all that to to road trip. He should. (laughs) But it's it's amusing because they cast Breckenmeyer, who 
uh, was known for like Clueless, uh, right. Go, which I mentioned at the top, where he's just like one of the other goofy guys. Uh, but they gave him the sort of stock vanilla dude character that's surrounded by more amusing types. Even the uh, the strangest one is just uh, Ruben, who the, like the pothead genius character. Yes. Um, it, it feels like this almost could have been a two-hander, uh, maybe just three characters. Uh, there is maybe a version of this film, my version of it, you know, I, I know we can't improve on road trip. Hard to do. But yes. I'm just saying if you, if you could, this 58% on rotten tomatoes. So not getting in, even into friends with benefits territory, we are not, uh, this is a splat. There is a version of this where it's a true two hander between the Meyer character and Scott, Josh Neal, where on his way to get the sex tape and, or apologize, break up with his girlfriend, he just smashes across the country where you don't have DJ Qualls, where you just have this nerdy guy who, as you said, has just only known this one relationship, this childhood friendship that turned into uh, kind of, I guess, a romance, a long distance romance, but high school crush mm-hmm. um, where he is just exposed. Once once he's unleashed, <laughs> he, he, he falls in love uh, with this you know, black woman with braces that he ends up taking home to. And Amy Smart, it was just the, you know, she just started the fire. <laughs> That's and right. He just, she just takes she's over the, the gateway drug to all women <laughs> yes. as he makes his way across the country. That's the top of the show uh, bumper right there. <laughs> <laughs> and no one will disagree. Uh, poor Amy Smart. She, she also was the, like Varsity Blue, she's the dorky girlfriend. Yep. The one that... Uh, that the uh, racist temptress uh, from Heroes comes in with the whipped cream and tries to get poor little Dawson. To, to, was that a little too inside baseball? Does anyone even care more about the racist actress from from Heroes? Yeah, I mean Ali Larder. I don't remember her name. Ali Larder so, is who you're talking about. But yeah, that, whatever. But that was it's crazy how recent that was and how I had to be like, wait, what? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that racist. Yep. I just like... Please, please, podcast gods, let nothing come out about Amy Smart. Oh God, please. I will be, I'll be heartbroken if that happens. Amy Smart actually, like, hard to put aside. But even putting aside how beautiful Amy Smart is, I just wish she was in more things. Like, I like her on screen. Like, I liked her in this. I liked her in Varsity Blues. Um, I liked her in the Crank movies. Like, she's enjoyable to see, and like, kind of disappeared. Like, I don't know if she went into, like, TV, because uh, I don't really she watch much TV. She was on one of the <laughs> DC series that shout out to Hyro and or Webb, uh, my co-host on Trilogy and Theory, Stargirl. Uh, she was okay. on, I guess, all the episodes that I'm assuming probably playing someone's mother. Maybe even Stargirl's, mm. Stargirl's mother, which does that make us feel uh, old. But no, she's funny. like, she's she's worked. She just, you know, that, that happens. Like, and that, that may, for me, add to some of the joy of this, mm. like... Um, when I did a podcast on one of my many on go on Marcus played, I posited the question, do these things age better or worse? Those things that you saw as a teenager when it was filled to the brim with these up and comer actors. Mm. And then you watch it 20 years later and they're like, Oh, they didn't really <laughs> go on to become Tom Cruise or anything like that. Yeah. The only one from go it? is Timothy Oliphant, right? He's the only one who like kind of made it. Yeah. The drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Which even then. You'd say, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be the oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that charisma uh, for sure. But, you know, I, I went the other way and say that it's, uh, it's the type of nostalgia I enjoy because it's, 
going back to my people that were like, yeah, this is Road Trip is the movie of 2000, <laughs> but only in only in my world, even though I think this was a pretty big box office hit. Yeah, it made 120 million. Yeah. So this, you know, that'll never happen again. You'll never see a college road trip sex comedy make $120 million at the box office. Look, Netflix will uh, release something and they'll be like, this had 9 billion streams, we swear. <laughs> and it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, forgotten or it, it, it'll just increase the uh, the old man mic response where I <laughs> look at my phone and I'm like, to all the boys I've loved before, like part three. Okay, like, I fuck? I gotta tell you, I had the exact same reaction. I had no idea that was coming out. I was like, I vaguely remember the second one coming out. Like what? Uh-huh. And you, you and I both like romantic comedies. Like this should be yep. something that we would seek mm-hmm. out. And yet we're like three. There's three. Of those. Wow. Okay. Time just moves on, and yeah. Dave and I are just going back to. 1987, <laughs> 2000, uh, Webb is ripping us this Indian American comedy. Like we're clearly we're doing something wrong, <laughs> as far as, but maybe we're going to find our people in podcast land. I don't know. It just cracks me up that this movie came out in 2000, like a year after, you know, what's seen as like one of the greatest years in film ever that you you're doing an entire podcast on 99 movies right. from 1999. And you're like, you know what you should have done for that show? It should have been like, yeah, but is it better than road trip? That would have been. <laughs> I had the thought, how much better would 1999 been if this one had snuck in oh. on Christmas week? Right very end. Mike making his list of 1999 movies, and like somewhere like number five or six, there's Road Trip. It's certainly better than The Green Mile or something of that nature, so whatever. And no offense to like Denzel, but like The Hurricane, mm. I've seen it once. How many times have I seen Road Trip? Yeah, and I saw I saw The Hurricane in theaters, and I couldn't tell you much about it. Like right. it was good. I'm sure Denzel was good. Denzel's great. As usual. Yeah, always. Boxing. And yet But Tom you remember... Green and that snake. I remember those. <laughs> Amy Smart and that sex tape. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes, absolutely. What did you think in this movie? Because there's a lot of like fantasy sequences. They're all negative, all the fantasy sequences. Mm-hmm. It's all him either imagining in the very beginning, imagining his girlfriend cheating on him. Um, in the middle of the quad for some reason, like really sure, goes for it. Would, Good for yeah. her. Um, or her horrified face as she's forced to watch this sex tape against her will. I really like the well. The first one is there uh, to allow us, Amy Smart, into our lives, into the bedroom. So it's good. So just it's based yes, on that. Okay, you you get it. Yes, moving on. <laughs> the second one, I'd kind of I'd forgotten about that. The second nightmare sequence. Um, and that one to me is far more important because there's a, we're all stiffler to some extent. <laughs> Giggling you about introduce this. <laughs> the, 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 the ticking bomb. You want to see it explode. And so only in the dream sequence do we get to see presumably what her reaction would be if she opens this, you know, she's grieving and her roommate's <laughs> like, oh, a sweet tape from your uh, college sweetheart. Let's see what it is. And then it's Amy Smart's ass on there. <laughs> like, the greatest interview of all time uh, is <laughs> Amy Smart, you know, throwing those questions and throwing her clothes at you. I, I think it's important because it allows us to see that reaction, um, which is interesting because one, I think one element I liked of it as a teenager, not as much as an adult. And I wonder what you think that when we finally get to uh, Austin, Texas, and you have this ridiculous fight sequence with like the, 
college mailroom security and you know all of that uh dj qual's dad shows up with a gun um, <laughs> with a gun and really all he needs fred ward just needs that voice and the fact that he's just a man surrounded he's by a voice. voice but That's no really he's also got a take. hand cannon with him <laughs> just... like, Jesus. comes in like dirty harry <laughs> a lot. what did you think though um about the film letting Breckenmeyer off the hook that she initiates the breakup before we even get to the sex tape shenanigans. And and then they go further by having, you know, Tom Green has taped over it to, to show his bum to do the, the bum bum song <laughs> right there. Uh, so it allows him off the hook twice because I always forget because I remember her breaking up with him, but I always forget that the sex tape was destroyed anyway by Tom Green. And I think the film's far more interesting if she dumps him and then then has to become enraged. Mike, <laughs> you have she's just broken up. You with. have hit on the one thing in this movie that I don't like. Um I was very disappointed in the way they wrap things up with a bow here. I did like that without knowing it, she essentially quotes EL um, and it's like, well, we got to meet new people. This is codes. the time, like, yeah. you know, and I was like, yeah, that actually, it's hurt. It would be hurtful. Um, if you heard that from your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you weren't ready to break up, it would be hurtful. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, but the fact that, you know, I, I get the humor of it, that they go on this huge road trip and go on all these crazy adventures for nothing. Like there wouldn't, it wouldn't have been the end of the world, but like, I don't know. Breckenmeyer's character is not certainly not blameless in the choices that he made. They were not broken up. She wasn't talking to him for whatever reason, but that's not, believe it or not, that's, I don't think she would see that as a valid reason for fucking someone else. If you were dating them, I don't think that certainly not when her grandparents right, just passed. Right. She's been away for right. family tragedy and a funeral. Yes, absolutely. So I feel like, I feel like this movie punishes everyone except our lead character. Like, the only punishment he has is, I guess, some anxiety about what could happen. And he gets body slammed by a wrestler. That's that's it. Um, everyone else kind of has to go through it. Like, you know, you look at the nerdy character, the DJ Qualls character. Like, you know, they destroy his car from the ground up and they use him and, you know. He has to confront his father. Right. Like, I mean, they, With a gun. to come to a head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like this movie is so much better if if they villainize him a little bit and he has to like actually learn from it. Cause like, if you look at this movie, it turns to like a lesson. What does he learn? Like, Oh, I can, I can fuck around on my girlfriend, tape it. And nothing happens to me. Cause I'm fucking Breck and Meyer. Like what? What? Like That's such a strange statement. <laughs> such a strange statement. Yeah. It's the, it's honestly the only part of the main plot of the movie where I was like, oh, I was kind of disappointed in that. But by, by then I'd been laughing for like 90 minutes. So like, Whatever, it's a, you know, it's a comedy, I'm just gonna let that go. But yeah, this movie does, it's strange to say, but this movie needs a harder edge to it um, at the end. And well, it, Todd Phillips... Yeah, I know, I was just that. gonna say... The that, Joker was coming. So. And I think Todd Phillips maybe took that lesson a little bit, a little bit too much to heart uh, throughout his career. So, because, you know, even movies, like, because he did the Hangover movies too, right? I mean, certainly his characters mm-hmm. are put through the ringer in those movies and punished accordingly so maybe he learned that lesson a little too well in road trip and yet road trip is better than anything else he's ever done so all downhill from road trip it is interesting i was about to you know throw out there joker which i assumed was very high on rotten tomatoes but uh according to wikipedia just 68 percent it's only 
10% better than Road Trip. And yet, Oscar <laughs> nominations galore. <laughs> this is, of course, the, the metric that I will use to much amusement. Um, and uh, it leads such things. I think this is what I'm going to you know, put as the sort of main header in our show notes. This is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Try to disagree with this, Dave. This is a splat. Road Trip is nothing more than a series of sight gags and put-downs. Mm-hmm. It's often funny, but it never has anything smart to say. So what? Okay. <laughs> it's, Fresh. It's, it's, Thumbs up, buddy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the, this is what I'm talking about, you know, when I say, like, there, there, are certain, there are certain things a movie wants to get across. I don't think... I don't think Road Trip needs to have anything to say. Does Animal House have things to say? Does Ghostbusters have things to say? Those are still really funny, good movies. They don't, not every movie has to have like, well, here's your lesson, kids, on the road trip. Like, no, that's not what this is. Like, it's supposed, if. The lesson is three fingers. (laughs) And if I saw, if I saw a review for this movie and be like, plenty of laughs, good. That's all I need. That's what I'm here for. Plenty of laughs. Like, I I just, I don't need it to be more than it is. It's fine the way it is. Good review. Wrong lesson that you took from it. It is fine as the greatest film of 2000. (laughs) What else? See, I don't even know what else came out in 2000. I'm sure that's offensive. doesn't matter. What else do you need? (laughs) You're like, 1999 is over. Let's get to the real movies like Road Trip in 2000. I need to ask you a few questions, and then if you qualify, you can make a sperm deposit. Is that understood? Mm-hmm. Fire away. Now be honest, because if you don't tell the truth, the test will, and you won't get paid. So first off, have any of you done any drugs in the past 36 hours? And that includes marijuana. Okay, next. Have any of you had sex? or masturbated in the past 24 hours. Well, I guess I'm out, because I had sex last night with a girl. That's nice. 